welcome to your Daily Game Face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon, starting a couple minutes late, coming to you live from somewhere else. And I'm here with Lou. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. How are we doing? <laughs> well, to start the show, I think our last comment before we went live was, to be an empath is not a good thing. It's easier to just be an asshole. <laughs> easier to just be an asshole. That's right. So if you're an empathic person and you think that being uh, nice and kind and compassionate is going to get you anywhere, you just might as well be an asshole. Yep. Good, you know? <laughs> People are more used to that, right? <laughs> well, you, know, you might as well. Hi, Abby. Abby, aren't you working or at school or something important? <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, I'm drinking my coffee. I just realized when I sat down. She's to... not staying long. She just left. Oh, did she? <laughs> yes. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's saying see you later as in she's going to see me later. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. She's... Oh, she's still there. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes. So she's not busy. So there we go. She's going to be with us. So anyway, so um, that's how, uh, that was not how I was planning to start the show today. I was planning on starting the show today in a totally different way because we're going into the gratitude of tomorrow, which clearly... <laughs> Well, I had a front conversation prior yeah. to the show starting that is real and authentic to the fact of the moment that you would think, oh, let's talk about all the lovely, thankful things and gratitude and all that stuff. And you know what? Let's be real. It's a morning of, you know, and I think to your point, and this will go to our our Thanksgiving and holiday talk that I was going to talk about um, continuing from last week, is that you were just saying how when you're... You said it so well, too. You said about, like, if you are talking to someone and they don't communicate something correctly, yeah. and then they get upset with you yeah. and put it on you that you're the one that has the problem and to stop doing that reading into their communication, right. the whole point would be that they should communicate it better because they keep getting the feedback that that's there. Especially but, if that's the tenant of their profession, by the way, communication. Well, yes. Yeah. So, so, so I won't give all the, the facts and details, but someone on the backside of this conversation this morning was, I felt did not communicate in a way that I understood. So I called them instead of doing an email because I was reading into the email, mm -hmm. said email, I was then giving that information that I was reading into it. And I wanted to clarify at which point I got clarified. <laughs> <laughs> so Hence, it was easier for me to just be an asshole, and I should have been an asshole. Yeah, well, instead of an empath. Yep. Well, so, this is a, one of the effective ways of communication, and this is for relationships, of course, as well as personal mm -hmm. relationships and work and everything where communication is necessary. Is you have to tailor your message. You can't assume. In fact, you should never assume. In fact, you should always assume they don't hear it the way you say it. So you got to try to tailor your message for the recipient. Well, and I'm very clear, and this is, I mean, I don't know, this is going to turn into a whole different show. I'm very clear on on texting, social media, and emails that you can't hear someone talking, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. even though psychologically, you know, because that's what I do for a living, which I, you know, getting knocked for, psychologically, that's exactly what happens is we can hear the person talking even though we can't so yeah. we're not psychotic we're not crazy but we can't hear what's going on in the email or the text or whatever but we can imagine just because we know how the person talks or we know what the inflections are or we know that something stresses them out or whatever um so i think it's important that uh if you're i'm always proactive as you know if i don't read something right i immediately go to the person and say is this correct how i'm reading it yeah. and Usually I'm incorrect. Sometimes I'm correct, but that's why you go. But yep. to be met with, no, I'm not, and stop reading into it. It's like, well, if you communicated it a little differently, I wouldn't have had to read into it like that and call you. So anyway, <laughs> hence the start of today's show on <laughs> I'm just done texting and emailing people. Plus, on this is my own personal little grief, grief right here, a gripe. Why do people assume... When you're an empath and when you're looking in or, or you're reading like you did into this, so you were unclear on the message or the tone of the message, why does it get blamed on you? And in, in ways of um, you're, in other words, you're, you're the problem, right? right. Why yeah. are you so sensitive? Why are you doing this? It's like instead of something wrong, if you have this so much sensitivity. 
why isn't there the assumption that the intent is just, okay, I didn't get it. It didn't connect as well as I would want it to connect and just clarify without the blame of, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Right. Well, because that's the other, the other professional on the other end of this is that's there. They lack that skill. Yeah. Therefore. <laughs> we're not, yeah. Anyway, we'll move along. <laughs> can, we just, can, we, can we just start with the assumption my intent isn't bad? If, if it messes up, it's not because I tried to mess it up. Right. Or if I misunderstood, it's not because I tried to misunderstand. Understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to, I think I just, I'm just going to just be, you know, flat. <laughs> not here, but I'm just going to go to flatness and no emotion and just be flat. One dimensional. Well, well, no, I can't get into this without um, exposing the profession. So, yeah. So, see, there you go. So, moving along, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so, so we were, and we were also just talking about how 2022 is going out, and we're ready. You, Lou and I are ready for it to be over. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. starting. Um, but to that point, obviously, we can't race time forward and make it better by just getting rid of the time because all the things that happen in between have to still happen. So um, lose having a morning. I'm having a morning. We're having mornings. Plus, we're we're deluding ourselves on the assumption that just because it's 2023, it's going to get better. So and it, and that, that's what I'm saying is that nothing is based on the date. Here. Yeah. 23rd of November to the first of the year. All the things that are still going to happen are still going to happen. It doesn't change yeah. anything for the first of the new year, which is what I always talk about. So, but it's and, funny though. Can't those superstitions sometimes result in action? Can it actually work? Because it's it's like curses on the negative side. It's like you turn the page on the year, and it's like uh, you just get a different attitude, and that different attitude starts to precipitate, you know, better outcomes. Um. Yes, that's why. So, to your point. I immediately took a proactive stance with that issue that I had this morning. And I literally did. I took, yes, I, I was like, I'm good. It's all good. And I wasn't being facetious. I'm like, I'm clarified. I understand. And, and it's, and I said, it's okay for me to be stressed. This is not my domain. That's why it's yours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm <laughs> like, it's handing it over. Yep. I mean, you know, you come to me, I'm going to emotionally support you. I go to this other person, they're not going to do that. And that's their job not to be squishy. And I get oh, it. Yep. So, but I, it's hard for me to read that message when it's not like that. So as it is for a lot of people, that's, you know, God forbid. And I okay. guarantee you who you're talking to and how it's going to land. Man, if I was a man, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Bringing oh, in the gender know. differences. What? Oh, if I don't know, but you no. Know, if you had called, well, you're but you're an empath, so you would have gotten the same response. <laughs> I don't think it's gender based. I think it's occupation. Hmm. Yeah. I would agree because it is a consistent thing over the years. Yeah. Anyway, so now that we're everyone that's listening is like, what are they talking about? I know, right? Yeah, I know. We're just like talking in circles about something that happened that you and I are the only ones that are privy to it. Um, developing that skill of understanding who you're talking to and how they're going to hear it is very important. I mean, you have to do it all the time. It's part of your profession. I have to do it. So. Right. And I'm, I'm frustratingly not as successful at it as I'd like to be because it's always part of my thinking. I try well, see, to tailor the message to how it's going to be heard. See, I'm very, see, I will say here's, and I don't think it's narcissistic. I think it's just because I'm very confident in the fact that I'm really good at that. And so I actually do read people really well. And so for someone, when they tell me that they're not upset or they're not angry or they're not feeling a certain thing that's negative, I rarely misread that even in a message in an email. Mm -hmm. So even though I can't hear it, I can tell in the wording because I've been doing this for so long. So when people tell me that, it's like, mm, okay, because I actually am good at what I do. So <laughs> I just, you know. That's one of those things, but it is a really good skill for people to be really good at communicating, but that would take effort and awareness and time and all the things that I talk about and, and bringing us to talking about, you know, let's talk about the communication at the, at the uh, turkey table mm. and all those things that are, you know, part of exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so here we are coming into tomorrow in the lovely season of, of mental health crisis, seriously, um, <laughs> And be, in, yeah. seriously, in all seriousness, this is the the beginning 
right to the end of the first week in January, like the 5th or 6th of January, this is the highest time for mental health crises. This is the highest time for suicidality to pop up, um, especially in, um, well, the teen crisis right now is teen and um, sub 20s is high right now, like college age, uh, just because of things we've talked about in the past, but you add in holiday stress, mm. going home to family, sharing messages of, of stress and whatever, getting people back together, uh, incredibly stressful. Uh, the rise of suicide rate um, in college age, like 18 to 20 somethings um, has gone up 39% um, since the pandemic, mm. or around the beginning of the pandemic. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and the mental health crisis is incredibly important. So I will say a couple times that if you are struggling during this time of, of year, and this is something that has been uh, harder for you because of coming back together or whatever your reasons are, there is a new mental health crisis line that's both in English and Spanish. It's not 911 anymore. It's 988. There's over 200 plus trained professionals in various degrees, um, available to answer lines in, in people's areas, capture areas um, geographically around the country. Um, and they are not there to report you or to get you in trouble or to put you in the hospital or do anything. They're there for strictly support and offer assistance, resources, and guidance. So the number we would call if you are struggling for anything this this anytime, but particularly right now is 988, not 911. Hmm. 911 is, is, I mean, you certainly can call 911, but 988 is equipped for people that are waiting and stand by to actually talk to you if you are currently in any kind of crisis that you would need some kind of help with. Hmm. Um, so I think that's important for people to know, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Well, just getting confirmation there. You knew that. <laughs> just making sure we're communicating clearly. We're communicating clearly. 988. Okay. 988. All right. So, so I know I've talked about the whole Thanksgiving thing many times in our years over three years, whatever it is. But um, I think the most important one of several, but one of the most important things tomorrow and going forward is identifying like what kind of coping strategies you have before, during, and after your event. Um, if you're going into your event starting today, or if you've already started your event prior, but making sure you have good coping strategies now. When we had the show last week, I had some people talk to me about like, what do you do with people that have like really good Thanksgiving dinners? And what do you do when you have people that get together and have really good time? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great show to have. Yeah. For people. It's also a hard show to have. And the reason why is because those are the, ex it's not that they're exception to the rule by a small number, but they are an exception to the rule based on the number of how many people really struggle with the concept of getting together for the holidays or having this time of year in general. Um, so I, I'm always more than happy to do a positivity-based humanistic approach. Like everyone gets together, everyone's getting along, everyone does all the right things. There's no you know tension or whatever. And those things, those happen. And people that were, were talking to me about the show last week were saying, do, that, do those exist? And I said, of course they exist. But there is certainly it's a minority in comparison to the amount of, of, of stories that I hear about. I hate this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's so upsetting. Um, so you really have to go in equipped with coping skills. Um, I know last week we talked about, you know, going in equipped with skills about setting a boundary around like talking about politics or religion or whatever the, the controversy in the family is, it, you know, I think we talked about Uncle Bob. Poor Uncle Bob. We don't even know who Bob is, <laughs> but you know, he made a great he made a great movie character. What about Bob, right? Yeah. Um, but but anxiety about spending Thanksgiving with your loved ones can be all consuming, and even people driving. Like I I was watching. Now I'm not in my regular space. I beat the traffic, so to speak. So I was watching the traffic yesterday, leaving Boston, and this morning leaving Boston, going all points north, south, east, and west. Yeah. And I was thankful and with tremendous gratitude that I'm not in any of that because I remember back in the day driving, which started the stress, right? I would right. drive because I went home out of obligation and it had to be, it had to be not in a time when it could be, um, 
not driven in normalcy. It had to be during high point, you know, right. time because people had expectations of what they wanted versus what I was willing to switch over at the time because I wasn't mature enough in my own choices to say no, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is part of the thing is that you leave in the middle of something. It's a normal two hour drive and you end up spending seven and a half hours on the road. Yeah. So that's a little stressful. So if you're one of those people that have already gotten out this morning and you're, you know, trekking to the Cape or you're going, I have people that I know where they go down to Virginia and they go down to Delaware and they go to New York state and then they go to New Hampshire or Maine. Well, today is prime time for those trips to be laden with tons of traffic, especially between right now and five or six o'clock tonight. So if you don't want the stress of that is leave later obviously, or you should have already left like at six o'clock this morning. So if you're listening to this and you're still at home, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's lighting the fuse, isn't it? Traffic in, in a lot of these situations can be lighting the fuse. Yes. And so, so, so that just out of the gate without even being into the evening time tonight and the prep and the stuff for tomorrow and who you're getting together with and which family members you have, you're already starting off with that potentially. Also, I know a lot of people this year are flying way more than I had heard of in obviously the pandemic no one was besides me, but you know, most people were, were not flying. So now they're flying again. I know people went out today, they're going out tomorrow and the flights are the, first of all, the flights are like a thousand dollars a piece that created stress Yeah, yeah just to go to like your regular normal Florida trip or go to Disney or go, you know, somewhere really quick and easy. Um, so all of those without even adding in the actual holiday, are, are stressors. Um, so building some kind of, of coping strategy around, um, around this would be helpful. So one technique I do use is I, for only for people who like journaling, journaling is kind of one of those old school, um, psychology techniques. Um, and it's, it's a great technique, but you have to like to write. And so for a lot of people, they get turned off by, I don't want to journal. It's terrible. <laughs> you know, it's boring. Yeah. So if you're not a journaler, like by, you know, just writing big, long paragraphs, like a story, you can always just jot down notes or thoughts as you're going through your day, or, you know, you know, you have your, your top five stressors and you just get them out of your head. You know, you do, I call it a thought dump. So you're getting rid of the thoughts in your head that, okay, you know, what's my stress, you know, uncle Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uncle Bob or talking about politics or eating, uh, people eating around me, people triggering me. I mean, that's the, probably the biggest topic I've had besides the politics one is in the past two weeks is people coming into, um, it's, it's a trigger for people to be around other people who just saturate themselves in the day of food. And then do the, I mentioned this a little bit last week of just gorging out all weekend or gorging out all day on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then that becomes a trigger for a lot of people um, because it's gluttonous and it makes other people feel really unstable and it brings up anxiety and people don't realize that because everyone's staying in their own lane. But so what I tell people is to identify a support person at your table that you know that has similar food attitudes or someone that you are really close to that you can talk about that with prior, yeah. it might sound weird, is being able to really identify that, um, you know, so-and-so, you know, the, all that food that's going to be there on the table um, is a trigger for that person to, and what people do. Now, on the other side of that, psychologically, we always say, don't worry about what other people are doing, just stay in your own lane and all that. It's really hard when you're, I mean, the whole concept of like that Golo, which I don't know a ton about, except for they have like, you know, that's a newer one for the diet thing that helps people. But Noom, Noom is co cognitive behavioral therapy for people who just want to have good, healthy eating habits. This isn't about a diet is not getting triggered by other people, just like mm -hmm. with politics, how to not get triggered by someone saying something that makes them feel crappy or, or unheard or dismissed, um, agreeing to disagree, so on and so forth. I had a conversation yesterday with someone um, that came visiting a really great friend. And we, we were, we are on two opposite, we're on opposite ends of, uh, of politics on some mm -hmm. things about a certain couple of people. 
like you and me. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the at the end of the day, we always say like, but we can agree to disagree, and we can agree on this one thing, and then we move along because it's it's we protect the relationship. It's not about getting together, getting into this, and then blowing it up, and then being like, well, I'm, yeah. you know. and then you have that lingering, but you know you're going to see them again, and you really like being around them. But then there's this piece that's there. It's like, why do you do that to yourself? So the coping strategy is, you know, that's like a food thing. It's a trigger who is that trigger or, or what set of people are going to be that trigger. That's why I said last week, put a boundary down that we're not going to talk about that. I don't want that at the table or I don't want those things talked about because not because it's controlling. It's just because you know, it's going to go poorly. So make a, make a pact that that's not where the conversation is going to go. I have been at dinner tables where that, that whole thing has been a, um, has been said, but then there's that one person that says, I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but, and then they bring it up and then we're off to the races. Yep. So you have to have a strong point person to be able to say, we agreed not to talk about that and, and bypass other people. They're saying, well, we can still talk about it, even though we set the rule. I mean, because that gets out of control. Yeah. Um, so, so the journaling thing, going back to coping strategies, the journaling thing isn't good for you. Um, that's fine. But, you know, another piece is, walk away from things, take a walk, get outside. You know, it's freezing by the way, in New England right now, in case anyone's not in New England where I am and where you are, Lou, it's cold. And yeah. so it's, it's, you know, the fresh air will certainly give your mind a clearing and so on. Um, but it's also about just getting the fresh air so that you can kind of release from the heat that gets your body going and the polyvagal nerve that gets your body going and gets you revved up. Um, so uh, other things are, um, I don't know if any, I'm sure you have, but other people may not have heard of like a transitional object. So if you have a stone or, you know, they have, you know, worry stone, or you have like a little fidget or you have something that you can keep in your pocket or you have, even as adults, super important so that you can have, um, it, it's a grounding technique. It's a way to stay connected to like, it's a meaningful thing to you that it's um, a reminder that you made a commitment to yourself that you're not going to get upset. Things are going to go okay. This doesn't have to be a terrible time. Uh, your triggers, if someone's talking about politics, religion, sex, something bad that happened, something bad that's coming to happen, or um, or that you're triggered by food or you're triggered by whatever, you have that grounding object. And it could be anything. Um, not a big fan of people with blankets. That's a borderline personality disorder kind of object transition, typically. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother show. But when people walk around always encompassed and enveloped with blankets, that's um, very commonly a, not always, but it, we see that in, in, in women a lot of times who've been, who have a lot of emotional triggered issues, they will walk around with blankets wrapped around them um, and other transitional objects. That's what that is. It's a, it's a protectant, hmm. um, but it's attachment that's not healthy. Um, and, and who wants someone with a blanket around them sitting at their dinner table? How many people, I would think it's prominent. Most people have a phone as a transitional object, object. Well, now, so that's, so that's a great point. The phone is a transitional object for sure, because it keeps you grounded and it also keeps you disconnected from the reality of what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. When you don't want to deal with something, people go right to the phone. So I've had many conversations with the group of people I'm with over and over about no phones at the table, no phones during dinner, no phones at all when you're around me kind of thing. One is disrespectful. It's rude. Um, it checks out and so on yep. and so forth, but people are addicted to the, the, just the habit to check it, to check it, to check it. Um, but it is a transitional object because it keeps a person grounded, but that keeps a person in an, it can get, in a conversation, it can get you away from the table. It's like, I get just got to go check this email or something, just get you away just to extract you from it. Well, yes. And you don't even have to leave the table. It's right there. And that's why it, that's why I'm saying like, it's not a healthy it's not a healthy transitional object, a little stone, a little fidget, um, you know, having a piece of, I, I've had, I have a kid that does a little piece of tinfoil because he likes the texture of it and he keeps it 
in his hand, you know, that kind of thing. These are things that are supposed to be grounding, which means that they are keeping you connected to the moment, not checking you out. Phones check you out. Phones are an easy way to bypass being present. Um, and so they're not a good tool. And again, it goes back there. They have become a super disrespectful thing. I think socially um, to other people that are around um, look how many times you go out and you see a family of four sitting and no one's talking to each other because they're all on their phones and you know, they're not talking to each other through the phone, even though I have seen that happen. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. But they're not actually talking to each other. Um, it's super rude and, and it's um, just breeding more uh, environment of disconnect and discontent and it's not healthy it's not a good coping strategy bottom yeah. line um and it goes back to the whole social media thing and then you're pulled in and and repeat and then if you have to repeat yourself because people are like i didn't hear what you said sorry i was doing something else on my phone it's like why bother why bother yeah. why bother coming to the table if that's what you're gonna do um so and i it's one of my biggest pet peeves because i find it incredibly disrespectful um, unless it's, unless it's like an emergency and you're somehow, you know, whatever, something's going on, there's no reason for that. Um, another coping strategy, having really good calming music going throughout your home, um, helps settle the polyvagal nerve in people. It helps keep the, um, the, that vagal nerve, which is your emotional regulator down, it helps keep it constantly um, hopefully at one nice level, the mm -hmm. vagal nerve runs between your brain and your gut and it regulates your emotional um, center through all the different neurotransmitters and helps you maintain uh, homeostasis as best as possible. If you've got um, a lot of, a lot of intense activity happening and people drinking and people getting rally and wily over conversations and you have like music in the background, certain types of music, will sort of quell a lot of that. So mm -hmm. having a playlist that's not, you know, probably Metallica's not your, not going to be the one. A little Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. probably not going to help. Although I love both, they're not going to be your friendly holiday meal or holiday time music. You know, something a little bit nicer. Now, people laugh because, you know, Yacht Rock is great music if you get it on Sirius Radio, right? Or on Pandora, Yacht Rock just kind of plays mellow kind of music, but it's not really the genre for teenagers or 20-something. So kind of finding some kind of balance that's something, it's just more about being yep. moderate. I also recommend people during this time of like, unless it triggers you, if you want to start Christmas music, people have already started it. So go ahead and do the Christmas music because it's a, it's already out there. Christmas. No, that, that's a trigger for me. So no, no Christmas music. So, well, that's why I said it could be a trigger yeah. for a lot of people because people are like, it's too soon. It's too soon. So just doing um, the music that you find, you know, that you're, you hope that your group will, will, <laughs> you're so funny. That's right. I forgot you're the Grinch. I'm the Grinch. Yes. Yeah, the Grinch. Yeah. Um, so, so those are some of like, just in the moment, like kind of tomorrow, you know, either putting the phone away, going out for a walk. Um, and it doesn't have to be a long walk, just getting out in the fresh air, not sitting all day, not grazing all day. What I said last week, no pre game. I mean, definitely pre game, mm -hmm. eat healthy so that you're not doing the, the, Oh my God, now I'm starving at dinner and now I'm going to eat right. things. You know, I think, not to, I'm not going to belabor this point because it's always on the, on the table. No pun intended. That treating Thanksgiving like any other meal is a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's just another meal, and and that's why I said I don't load the table up with a lot of extras. I just do the the traditional things like you have turkey and stuffing and mashed potato or my potatoes, and then lots of vegetables, a variety of vegetables, just so that it's not unhealthy sugared products that are going to make people feel terrible. Yeah. Right. Well they say don't go to the grocery store hungry. You shouldn't go to Thanksgiving meal hungry either. You exactly. And that, and that's, I think that's, that is the main key there is if you're coming to the table cause you prepped all day to, to be starving and that you're going to suck it down and then you're going to eat all like all you can and multiple, you're going to be really sick. Yeah. Also do not come to the table having eaten all day because your body, although it might feel like it's, Full or whatever, you're going to want it. And if you already have the brain um, switch on, and it's unfortunate, I have to use that word, but it's that gluttonous, yeah. like more is more, you will come to the table. If you start off with breakfast and you want to eat, you know, this crazy breakfast that you typically don't eat. And then two hours later, you have this 
crazy lunch and then you snack all day. And then all of a sudden, now I don't do dinner until later. So if you snack all day and your dinner's at two or three and you start, now you've got all that sitting on you. And then if you do that all the way up until five, six o'clock at night and then have dinner, it's sitting on you. So we go from a normal 2000 calorie day to a 10,000 calorie day before you even know it, and sometimes more. Um, and then sitting around and laying around. It's, it, that is not, you know, so if you can get people active um, and active doesn't have to be doing exercise. Active is just getting up, moving around, making sure people are helping, making sure there's like act, standing up activity. So the body isn't just sitting sedentary because many people just go, what do they do? They eat yeah. all that stuff and they go and lay down. And that is not treating Thanksgiving like any other meal, because on any other given day, I don't think any of us, most of us go eat and then lay down. Yeah. No. Right. So, right. so, and it's, it's really, you know, look at, look at your table, look what's being offered. Um, think about what you're putting on your plate. Just don't aimlessly just put big globs of something on your plate just because it's there. Like you have to be mindful and people just don't do that. So I'm asking people to do that. doesn't mean you can't come back for more, but why glob it on so that your body, your mind gets overwhelmed when you start looking at that. And then right away you're, you're off to the races and it's already there. And you, you usually end up at these places an hour at least before the dinner and there's all kinds of stuff to graze on. So you're just grazing right up to dinner and just, and it's not healthy things. It's, you know, a lot of cream cheese and crackers and things like that. And you can just, you can have a good sized meal or blow up your diet just in grazing before the meal. Well, and, and that's, so that's such an important piece of, and I know people don't do this because they love to get together. And what's the thing is people get social around food. So they, right. So if you're going to do that, that pre-party or pre-dinner, like kind of stuff, I know that the cream puffs and the crab rangoons and the cream, like cream cheese is a popular thing, right? So cream cheese is, is, is the go-to on like all these things. Um, uh, I'm of the mind of not putting out that stuff. I tend not to offer those kinds of hors d'oeuvres or anything. Cause why do you need that when there's going to be so much food on the table? It's not yeah. necessary. Because that's what people do when they're, when they're bored or they don't have enough to occupy them or they feel awkward. They you know, it's socially, they can retract a little bit and go over to the table and get a, you know, celery stuff with cream cheese, that kind of thing. Right. Or, or go get crackers and cheese and, mm-hmm. and all that, that just filling, filling the space of boredom. Yeah. Um, and it's super unhealthy and it puts people into just stress and it's, if people don't realize, and I have said this before, the mental health issue that comes from that amount of food distress in the body is really significant. And how I started the show is like the mental health crisis, that, that kind of holiday dinner or that kind of mentality eating can lead to feeling really depressed, really anxious, um, it can lead to like suicidal thoughts because people get so down on themselves for doing an overeating binge, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important or that they, that they, you know, then get the, you know, the efforts and go, well, I've already messed it up. So I'm just going to keep eating. And then they feel sick all night, but then they start the next day. And I said last week too, that Thanksgiving is often not the day, it's the weekend. And that's an unfortunate way of been, it's been placed on Thursdays. Um, you get Thursday, Friday, sorry, Sunday. And then, yes, you, and then you add in high calorie drinks, which including sodas for people or, or the non, the non-alcoholic beverages that people bring, yep. you know, sodas, um, juices, juices are high in sugar. And then when you add in boozy, I love the word boozy, yep. boozy eggnog, you know, you get rum, um, uh, high sugar content wines, red wine, which is basically fermented sugar. So it, yeah, it, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, people will say, well, vodka, well, vodka, by the way, is, a, is potato, which is sugar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only thing that doesn't have sugar is tequila. And so if you're coming to the party and drinking tequila all day, you might be on the floor before you get to the dinner, Um, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I think that uh, to our listeners point, the boozy, the boozy drinks don't help. And they also lead to the mental health issue. Yeah. Because they contribute to all the things that if you're having good coping strategies and you're adding in a lot of alcohol and you have lots of triggers, you have food trigger, people trigger, topic trigger, communication trigger, all those things, which happens so many times. Hi, Cameron. 
<laughs> also supposed to be at school. Um, <laughs> uh, and probably in biomed right now and supposed to be working on chemistry. Um, nonetheless, if you're having all those things, now you've loaded the, you've loaded the deck. And if you're not an alcohol drinker, but you're drinking, um, root beer, cranberry juice with, you know, like the little holiday mixtures that are non-alcoholic with the Sprite in them. That's, that's like 500 calories. Eggnog. Eggnog. Eggnog, yeah. Eggnog is, unless you get the light, no sugar added, bloody, bloody, you know, all the stuff that's processed that still yeah. is all chemical, super, super heavy and super caloric and also very filling and curdling. If you're adding in Thanksgiving meat and, gravy and breading and oh, I mean, just not good for you. Your body's screaming, right? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So moving along past the food thing, right. For mental health, because Thanksgiving is really not about the food, even though that's what everyone thinks it is. And it's, it's about football. A lot of it's about football. It's about football for many people. So yay, go football. Right. Um, so I think that engrossing yourself in an activity, if football is it, as long as you're not stuffing your face while you're doing it, that's great. But also focusing on what is it that you're having uh, the attitude of gratitude about? Like, what are you happy about? What are you thankful for? Um, I think staying focused on what's good about Thanksgiving um, and creating a good narrative, a good thought process around that. Like who in your life are you grateful for? What things are you grateful for? Um, bring this list to like the Thanksgiving dinner, great topic conversation about the things that have happened. Of course, the top of the show, you and I start out with, yeah, we can't wait for it to be over. Yep. <laughs> Right. Um, bring humor to the table, obviously, um, you know, because I think that when you're struggling or when you have moments like we were talking about at the beginning of just like little struggles, um, that when you're being grateful, you can focus on that. You can focus on how that affects your eating, because if you go into it, like if you and I, as we started today, for example, went into dinner right after this, the likelihood is you and I would eat more. Mm, because yeah. because our attitude was not about gratitude. Our attitude was in not good mode. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so being trying to be in that good mode of of gratefulness of plus um, our food priorities would be minimized the way well, right because now you're not thinking about yeah. you're not being mindful about what you're eating. You're just eating to stuff down the stress of whatever yeah. it was that was bothering you, um, and. And uh, I always take a long walk after dinner of Thanksgiving. I always try to get out because it actually clears that. Um, people go, uh, so many people will eat, take a very, very short break, maybe after they've had multiple, multiple um, plates. Yeah. Right. And then go right into dessert. Yeah. And then. There's no room that's, you know, that's not really what sitting at a table being connected is about. Um, Cause you wouldn't do that at your normal dinner table. Going back to one of the earlier things I said is treat it like a normal meal. You don't sit down, eat, and then eat again and eat again and eat again. That's not what normally people do. You eat and then you get up. Yes, Cameron, we'll do that again. And, and so Clearly Cameron will be with me for Thanksgiving. So you, yeah. <laughs> you can tell, right? <laughs> um, so walks are always good. I mean, walks are just, it just, even if that's, that's a grounding activity right there. Walking. Well, grounding activity. And also do that. You can do that as an in-between. If you want to have a second plate of something, first of all, it should take you at least 20 to 25 minutes to eat your first plate. How often can you say that people that you know, including yourself, can sit and eat one plate and it will take you 25 minutes? I'm a fast eater, unfortunately, but yeah. Right. Most people are, right? Yeah. So to be able to sit for 20 to 25 minutes with the amount of food you had, which is whatever, or just or once you finish, sit for the whole remaining 20 to 25 minutes as a timer, then going back, because your body takes that amount of time to register for it to be on point. Right. Yep. Right. So, um, but people scoff down the amount. There's no gratitude. Talking isn't happening. Then they go right back for more. And now we're at dessert, yep. Ugh, you know, and, and dessert is just sugar, <laughs> sugar. 
and that's where things get wonky usually right. with the conversations and well yeah. because by that point we're having people that are how deep in on all the alcoholic beverages yep. and now we're making alcoholic beverages that are sugary because now it's the end of, you know, it's the holiday, it's the holiday aperitif and the thing that happens after. So, you know, I know not every family's like this, but this is the, this is the majority, which is why there's always these tips that come out and people talk about this stuff and why does it matter for mental health and your, and your being your best self and your wellness is because when you do that, what is tomorrow? That meaning what's Friday going to look like? What's Friday going to feel like? Um, you know, are you going to be productive? Yeah, you may not have to work, but do you really want to waste your whole Friday laying around because Thursday was like that? And then do it all over because you know people do it all over again on Friday. No, you're going to be swords up at the mall at like <laughs> in the morning. Oh, that's right. That, this is true. It's black. Yeah. Well, you're going to be swords up at the mall at midnight because a lot of places are going yeah. to be open again. The pandemic is over. So, you know. I love it. Swords up at midnight for sure, because people go in and when you go in with that food coma y kind of thing and you've had all that stuff going on and you have stress from whatever conversations you've had and all this stuff and you go out and shop. Oh, boy. And okay. someone got in your way and some and you're tired because I mean, I don't I don't Black Friday shop ever. No, I don't. I, just, I don't understand it at all. But people love it. Nope. I Nope. I'm all set. Thank you. Yep. No, because I know better because people get too um, emotionally dysregulated the day after Thanksgiving because of all the things that happen at their Thanksgiving time. And then they get together and they reminisce about what happened the day before and how upset they are or how upset they aren't, who did what. And, and then they're out and then they're out having lunch while shopping getting revved back up again and then getting out on the roads and driving road rage and cutting people off and yelling at people in parking lots and fighting over $2 dishes and who got what and why that one's I'm like, really? So yeah. you stay away from all that. Yep. No, I don't understand that. But uh, like I said, some people love it. And so, um, it, and people do, and that's where they make billions of dollars because they have, you know, that's why I like cyber, cyber things, you know, just <laughs> ordering things online. Um, the other thing I was going to say uh, about holiday time is, is being kind to yourself. Kind of like I started this, you know, the conversation today, even though we were joking, it's just being kind to yourself and how I ended up responding back to the thing that I was responding to this morning was I was kind to myself, like I'm being true to myself and authentic. Like I didn't, I don't understand. I was just trying to clarify and this is who I am. And I, yep, that's who I am. And I, yeah. yeah. And well, that's why people take the damage in that type of situation because they take it as a personal failing. And they absorb it as a personal failing. This is you're talking triage today and you're talking right. about field mechanics and you know, field uh, medical work in terms of dealing with your emotional health during Thanksgiving. Right. But the, the overall message here and you can't do it before tomorrow. So don't don't think you're going to accomplish it. And by the way, I've been working on it for a lot, a lot of years and I'm not perfect at it. But you got to understand it doesn't matter what Uncle Bob thinks about a particular political subject. It no. doesn't matter what he says. You have be stingy about your mental energy. It's like, right. just, just, just don't give anything to it. And right. again, nobody's perfect at it. I'm still not perfect at it. I get sucked in when people say things sometimes too. But you did in that situation where you had a, a conflict or I had an issue with that, but you didn't take it personally. And it's like, I'm okay. It's just a miscommunication. And, you know, right. we move on. Yeah. Right. Well, it, right. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, I mean, many people don't, but... Yes, that would be the hope to have. Well, all you can do is yourself. All you can control is yourself and your own response. Right. So right. when you sit there and you make a list about what you're stressed about, and you're stressed about Uncle Bob's political views. Right. What does it matter? What, other, it go, what does it matter? Yeah. Right. Or what other people are thinking. That's always the big one. It's like, well, well, then you're, you know. Yeah. Why aren't you married? Or you know, exactly. why, don't you, why don't you have kids? Or Yes, you know. exactly. All the questions that come up. Why are you taking a year off for, before college? You shouldn't be doing that. Well, yeah, all the judgment things that are yeah. happening, right? right. The other, so the other thing that bringing up is, and it's in, particularly treacherous within a family because they have ins to you, right? Well, they, well, they, well, when you say ins, I call it hooks. They have emotional yeah. hooks into right. how to maneuver you into feeling, even though 
we can't make other people feel well our behaviors can make other people feel a certain way and be impacted so of course we can we can influence the way people feel so that is definitely a big impactor there because family um because family opinions matter to us a lot more than other people's opinions. Um, and you have to be able to have self-compassion, to have empowerment of your own voice to know I'm that's not okay for me. That's not what I want or that is what I want and be able to be strong about that. And I think that that comes with wisdom over time. Mm -hmm. You have to go through that. That's why at the beginning I said in the beginning, I don't, um, I don't, I'm reading his comment. Yeah. I, I don't think at the beginning of the show, I said, you, you know, you don't have to um, just kind of give in to every old thing and just take it on because someone says that you can be like, wait a second, I don't understand something. I'm so he, the question is, why do you have to be so thin skinned? I'm not sure. No, I think he, I think what he's saying is that's the response you get sometimes when oh, you're right when you rise to the occasion. And I, I get this a lot. Right. Of, if you try to stand up for a boundary, sometimes it's like, Oh, don't be dramatic. Or don't be sensitive. So that was, that was to the point this morning, which was yeah. a great point, which happens probably tomorrow is that I stood up for myself because I didn't understand something. And then that got immediately like barked at of right. what, you know, why do you have to be so, so thin skinned? Essentially those words weren't used, but that was exactly what was used. It's like, exactly yeah, the message. Yep. And I'm not thin skinned as you know, and it's like, no, I'm actually just clarifying because it's a stressful situation. And I would like to yep. clarify, um, which is then, you know, met with that. And that's what happens at, at these dinner tables and you add in all these factors and then that's a, that's a rough one. Well, they, they prod at you, they prod at you, they prod at you. And when you bark back a little bit, it's like, oh, you're so sensitive. You're so dramatic. Still dramatic, I see, that type of thing. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but, but having that understanding of who you are and how valid you are in your position is with these situations just helps you minimize what their feelings and thoughts are. And that's ultimately the way to go. I mean, again, no one's going to be able to prepare for this for thanksgiving tomorrow if you haven't done this kind of work and even right. if you have nobody's perfect at it you still get with the family and you know these roots go back a long way and these emotions go deep so they right. can still get to you but this is the ultimate goal is to you know what does it matter what she thinks or what she says right exactly um yes all those things and i think that that's where i think if you can get to really quickly which is what i had to do this morning it helps I keep using that personal experience because it literally had to like turn on a dime and be like, I, I gotta let that go because yeah. we are not on the same page. And, and you want to, you want to yell at me for being an empath because you have no empathic skills and then put it on me. I guess that's what you're going to do. So I'm out. Well, that's a muscle you get better at as you use it more and you, and you get better at it. And ultimately, even though there was the miscommunication there in these situations where you can say, I'm okay, it, you know, fine i no fault of mine we just worked it out and just move on you can't you know you can't michelle, talk about it for a week michelle loves us both what michelle says she loves us both oh. love you michelle we love michelle too yes <laughs> oh michelle on the back side michelle i'll tell you about what we're talking about later because you have lots to say about it <laughs> Oh my God. Um, anyway, the other thing, there's a couple other things because I didn't mention this. We didn't, we have never talked, I don't think, in any of my shows. Um, see, she says, I love that we are empaths. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but okay, so really quickly. Yes, we are all empaths, Michelle, but you know it comes at a price because people yeah. that are not don't like that and they like to pull us down. Therefore, it becomes a thing, right? Because we're not hard, we're, we're seen as squishy even when we have empowerment and we speak our mind that becomes a problem so and what happens this other thing about understanding how other people hear things i'm guessing with this individual when you started talking about implying he was angry and he yes. was defensive about it yes my guess is he gets that a lot yes right? that I wasn't the first time he's heard that imagine yeah. he does yeah um, and and there's no way i didn't read a sigh when i read a sigh so, so there's a lot of times when you touch other people's stuff, which may not be, you know, that's term that, that I came around with, with it. And that's what I use more often than not. There's a sensitivity in other people that you may not be sensitive about at all. And so it's always hard to anticipate it. But sometimes you just touch that person's stuff and you have to understand when you do that. Right. 
<laughs> now she can't wait to hear the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she'll probably give me good insight too, because she'll, she'll have a similar thing. Yeah. So let me go back to what I was just going to say though, going away from this, because you know, people have no context for that piece. Yeah. <clears throat> people spend time alone at the holidays. This is another piece when you're spent. So there's kids that don't come home for college, right? Cause they can't, cause the tickets are expensive or it's there, whatever's happened or people are alone. Yep. People are afraid of the pandemic still. This is, you know, I've got, so I've got people that are alone. I've got people who can't come home from college. They're stuck or whatever right. um, that people are still afraid of the pandemic. Um, um, I'm trying to think of, there's a couple other things. Um, uh, whatever circumstance I'm trying to think of like other than the things like family avoidance politics avoidance all those things but the alone thing is important because I think a lot of people do spend alone holidays and either by choice or by unfortunate circumstances that they don't have anyone or they don't have closeness geographically or something happens um, or it's money um, but the um aloneness doesn't have to feel so uh, mental health crisis based, which is what kind of the front of the show was about, about calling 988 when you're lonely or whatever. Yeah. This is a reminiscing time of years that people feel uh, angry at God if they're in, you know, believing in, in God a lot of times that bad things have happened to them or they're feeling angry with themselves for a variety of reasons, or they're feeling resentments, you know, resentment is, um, you know, anger turned inward itself. And it's about not having, um, uh, the ability to, um, let go and that letting go does not mean forgetting, but letting it go so that they can just be present. Um, and, and Kathy just chimed in with family disagreements with each other. Yes. <laughs> um, right. Or being, being apart because of that. Um, and not being able to f fully function because they feel so down about themselves. So I, I tell people, even people that aren't alone, I think it's, and Michelle just put it up and that's one of the things I was going to say is volunteer opportunities are available for, for the holiday and you don't have to have had it pre-planned like weeks ago. You can volunteer tomorrow. You can volunteer today. If you want, you go down to any church, food kitchen, food bank, um, homeless shelter, which people go, Oh, it's not safe. That's not true. There's that's, that's inaccurate information. Please don't be afraid of people that are homeless. Everyone yeah. love, compassion and help. And there's lots of opportunities to help cure your loneliness by giving to others and being, and giving out in a sense of purpose that makes you have some kind of, um, of connection that you're giving back, but you're also giving to yourself. People think that they have to stay alone or that going out or being by themselves is embarrassing or somehow has some thought process about who they are as a person that they're, they don't have anybody or whatever. And that isn't true. Um, that's getting your head based in what other people are thinking, which doesn't yeah. matter. Again, going to all the stuff we're talking about in the show that it's really doesn't matter, but volunteering is probably one of the number one things for people to be able to do. People are short on staff over this weekend uh, in many places. Um, uh, senior homes, you know, senior living centers, assisted living centers. Um, unfortunately, usually when you do volunteer at those places, you do have to be pre-vetted to get in because you can't, you have to have the court yeah. to make sure you're not a, um, a sex offender or a criminal of some sort. Um, so those are harder if you haven't already done that. But animal shelters are always looking for dog walkers on these kind of weekends because people are short staffed or um, places like the farm, you know, the Ironstone farm that's nearby or all the farm farms that are doing the equestrian work. They don't have muckers of stalls and they don't have people to help out with the horses or there are opportunities out there for people to go and be with them if you're an animal lover. Um, but I think the easiest go-to and they are never going to turn you away is go work at a homeless shelter soup kitchen to give out like a turkey dinner um, all day tomorrow or start there today because they're in need of help and they always are looking for people. And church churches put on their turkey yeah. dinners today, tomorrow, and all through the weekend. So um, finding that. Um, don't sit home alone. Um, I know people get weirded out by going to the movies by themselves because then people, you'd be surprised about how many people sit in the movie theaters alone on Thanksgiving because it's a really nice um, – yeah. 
way to spend your day. There's some really good movies out there if you are so inclined. I'm certainly, but sitting alone and reminiscing, or as I said last week, sitting in your shit does not help you. Um, and this is that time of year where a lot of shit comes up in your head and you can't get away from it. So don't sit in that. Try to move it forward. You know, don't reminisce. Uh, in the sad ways, like if you've lost someone in the past year or two, or even 20 years ago, and these holidays bring up those kind of sadnesses for you, all you're doing is mentally draining yourself and putting a lot of negative mental energy. Um, and again, Michelle brought up a good one. Facebook and Instagram both um, do have events that they share offering uh, places where there's community things going on throughout the weekend. So in your local area, if you look on your Facebook um, marketplace events area, it will um, it, it will give you lots of things that are going on tomorrow and throughout the weekend that you can be involved in if you happen to be a person that is alone right now. Um, that's a mile marker, isn't it? Being able to go to a movie alone, going, being able to go to a restaurant alone. Yes. If you're not at that point, work to get at that point and just go out and do it. Because what happens is you go to a movie alone and go, well, nobody died. It was, it was fine, you know, right. and you go, you go to, you know, you go to a restaurant and eat alone. That's fine too. You know, a lot of times I'd do it and just go sit at the bar and where I live, you sit at the bar, you're going to talk with somebody. It's just, right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, and I think that, um, you know, if you've ever seen Bridget Jones's diary, you know, she sits in the restaurant alone. It's really sad. They make it look awful. I yep. think that's the, that's a common thought process for people, uh, about being alone. And that's really inaccurate. Uh, I like, I like doing things alone. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people like doing things alone. I encourage my clients to get out there as a practice to do it alone because I know people, uh, don't sit with themselves well. Right. They need other people to buffer them. But I think it's probably one of the best skills of self-empowerment to really have that um, helps people out in terms of, hey, I can go and sit in a restaurant by themselves. Um, I can go and watch a movie. And getting past the worry that someone else is looking at you feeling bad for you. That's what right. I hear a lot is, well, yep. the, the people are going to think I'm alone and feel bad for me. Well, they might think you're alone, but I don't think they're going to feel bad for you. I think most people, if I see people and I'm like, because I like going out and doing things by myself, I'm like, they're out having a movie and they're out just chilling out or they're, you know, or if you do see someone alone and you're out, so I know some people going out for dinner and you see someone out by themselves, don't assume that they, they're sad and lonely. Right, yeah assume, assume that they've made a choice or there's some circumstances in, that they're in that that is their choice. And you can converse with them and say happy Thanksgiving and have a wonderful day. I mean, don't treat it like there's some kind of leper that exactly. they have something wrong or that, Oh, poor them. They don't have anybody, you know? I mean, that is not necessary. It's not a sure um, sign of a problem. People go out and eat alone all the time. They go to movies alone all the time. It happens. And it, again, nobody's going to die, but it just seems so, it's it's such a big threshold for people, but if you're at that point, work on it. Go out and have lunch alone, and then go to a restaurant later, or you know, do a movie. Right. Gotta, that's something got to work on. You got to get to that point. That's a good goal to get to. And I and I think yeah, it's a great goal to reach, and it's also so counterculture that people are still socially normed into back in the you know 50s and 60s and 70s that you're supposed to be with people, and now we're in the 2000 you know the 2020s, and people are still doing that kind of thought process from 50 years ago of, you don't, you have to be with family. You can't, it means something, there's something bad about it. Um, you know, I think one of the good things that came out of the pandemic and, um, to some listeners points as well is you can still FaceTime and zoom during meals so that you don't have the feeling of loneliness. I know a lot of people have gotten really sick of zoom and FaceTime and doing all of that, but if you are not that person that has a problem with it, why not do it? And, um, or, or just have that chat during the day, a couple with a couple different people so that you're just doing, you know, whatever. I do have a couple of clients that have said, I don't want to bother anyone on Thanksgiving. So I don't want to call them. Yeah. So you have to, you, ha you know, it's the burden, it's the burden aspect. You have to like be able to take the leap and say, Hey, I would like to call you on Thanksgiving, you know, while, you know, the day's going on, what would be a good time? And people will tell you usually. Yeah you know, the, that it's not going to be a good time or call me in the morning or whatever, but, you know, pre-plan that today. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of different ways to get through the holiday. Um, now, now going past this, 
um, past tomorrow, past Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, you know, trying to keep your mental health stable. If you do get to a point where you do have to call 988, certainly please use that to get help, but also reach out to friends, reach out to resources. If you feel you don't have any, um, try to take one of those suggestions. But also if you go through this weekend and you're in a really not so great place, then that's a high sign for you to, because this next month is going to be a lot for people because that's what happens. And, um, I think it's, it's a, it's a sign that you need extra support. And that means you've got to find either an activity, a resource, a group of people, a therapist, something to help you along the way to give you some support so that you can actually have uh, something to lean into instead of always feeling like you're on the outside of something. Even if you have a group of people, remember lots of family members, there's, there could be 25 people in a room. You can still feel alone. Yeah. So if you feel that way, there's other resources out there. And that's why I think that 988 number is really good for people to understand. Like pr prior to that, the suicide hotlines were really specific for just that. Um, these are crisis hotlines to talk about how to find resources in your area. They're going, they're not calling, they're, they're not there just to find out your address and send an ambulance for a wellness check. They're there to actually say, hey, this is going to um, help you. Love you too, Michelle. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening today. Happy she's Thanksgiving, on, yes. She's on her way to meetings. Um, and why so, Why does she have a chicken? Oh, do turkey. That's a turkey. All right. I'm sorry. Chicken. <laughs> okay. Lose, I got lose, there. Lose, losing it. Yeah, Took me a second, but I got there. Yeah, it's a turkey. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that that's a super important point just from a psychological perspective that, you know, the wellness factor will not stop, start and stop on tomorrow. It's this, this month long thing that yeah. tends to create a lot of accumulated steam over time and therefore it becomes a thing. So, anyway. so keep a reading on where you are. Right. Be, yeah. be, be aware, aware and mindful of where you are. Yes, exactly. Aware and mindful. Um, don't, you know, and if you've committed something to yourself about how you want to feel or how you want to be or how you, you, you know, stick to that. Don't feel guilty. You know, the guilt is the perception that you're doing something wrong or that you're going to be perceived as doing something wrong. If you feel like that, really put that in into check to see, like, am I really doing something that is, um, is going to be problematic here. Um, and if I feel like I'm being challenged, then I'm going to move on and not do this. And I'm not going to be part of that. And I can move away from this. Asking why is a good processing tool, isn't it? Yes. Why do I feel this way? Why does uncle Bob bother me so much? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And getting, I guess, getting to a, a space of peace with yourself of, you know, why is, why am I allowing this to upset me? Yeah. So. And should I be? Because that processing gets to the point where it's really not that important. Right. It's, it's going to be a couple hours and then I get to go home. Exactly. Well, well, for some people, yeah. but some people are stuck, are stuck with family for the weekend. So I say that nicely stuck. But there's a limit to it, you know? Right. Well, that's why I say, you know, find other things that you can go out and do and find other outlets so that you're not, you're not, no one's stuck. You don't have to feel that way. It, and, and I guess the best way for me to go towards the end of the show today is remember, do it because you want to do it, not because you're obligated and, and you need to do it and because someone's expecting it of you, because then it doesn't work the same way and it doesn't feel as good and it creates crisis in your head and a lot of mental energy that's expended. Um, you know, uh, that isn't necessary to be expended. Yes. That's my thought for the day. <laughs> right? And if you're empath, good for you. And if you're not, oh well. Although you do assume I'm angry more often than I'm angry. So. Oh my God. I do not say that. I never say you're angry. I say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I never say angry. So don't do that. See? No, angry. I yeah, know you don't use the word angry. That's right. I never say, are you angry? I say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And you almost always say something's wrong and you say it and I read it, but so yeah. what's your point? <laughs> Just having fun. So, but I don't ever say you're angry. No, I, you're that, right. Today I did say to you, well, I started off today being, I say, are you in a good mood? That's right. Well, yeah. I asked you that. Yes. I say, are you in a good mood today? And you'll usually say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't usually say no. Sometimes I say no. Um, I can't remember the last time today was an emphatic no. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. And 
<laughs> you can't close my show. I'm sorry, but I'm I just closing my part of it so you can close your show. Oh, okay, all right. Well, you can have a great uh, Thanksgiving, and it doesn't matter what Uncle Bob thinks. So let it go. Or or Lou. <laughs> or Lou. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys do have a really great Thanksgiving. I'll be back live, um, even though I'm live now, but I'll be back live in studio next Wednesday. And um, you guys have a great, safe, happy, kind, compassionate, loving, empathic, <laughs> non-asshole, very full of gratitude Thanksgiving. How's that? I like it. <laughs> All right, you guys um, have a great Thanksgiving. Lou, don't drop me when you when you sign off. Okay, no problem. Okay. Right.